Okay. Any any big news you can't talk about in the show? I did I talk booked, to Adam Burns I, over the weekend, huh? I booked a cruise today. <gasps> and who's going on this cruise with you? Apparently the cast of Pot is my co-pilot and their spouses. Oh, really? Did you guys know this was going to happen? Or are you guys all uh, accidentally booked? We, we, they announced the uh, winter and spring 2019 dates for Disney Cruise. Mm-hmm. And I know that if you book it the first day, it tends to be cheaper. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's supply and demand. And because I am platinum. We can talk about this on the show if you want. I mean, that's if you have something else you want to talk about. Um, as platinum, you get first dibs. Like, technically, it doesn't open to the general public until Thursday. But platinum can platinum uh, members can look today. Gold members tomorrow. Silver members on Wednesday. And then everybody can do it on Thursday. And we really wanted to go to a Star Wars day at sea. So, um that's why I wanted to make sure we did that. So I booked one first thing this morning and then sent text messages to everybody saying, this is our, this is our confirmation number. If you want to connect uh, reservations and we'll, you know, anybody who wants to go. And I talked about going, but I know has talked about going too because the star Wars person. So, well, we're all planning on going in February of 2019. Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 6, Episode 12, titled Sissy That Walk. My name is Joe Batanz and I am joined, as always, by one sickening, literally sickening co-host. <laughs> Please tell me you're keeping all that in. <laughs> From the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say... Not today, Satan. Not today. Yes! To Taylor... The Latte Boy. Hello, Taylor. Oh, when, Hello, one Joseph. second One second into you talking about it, I was like, oh, this is going to the beginning of the show. <laughs> okay, but I said real names of people. I know, so yeah, to... yeah, I know. Okay. I, when you said that, I was like, fuck you, I gotta beep all those names out. Hmm. So, um, how are you, Taylor? I'm doing well. I'm doing very well. We're coming, we're coming close to the end. We are coming. We have one more week to go. Can you? I, this the next week. You're gonna be waiting on pins and needles to record. I the know. Last episode. I don't know how I am going to buy the time waiting to record the next episode after we finish this one a week from now. Yeah, you have to wait a whole week thinking, ah, oh, the reunion. I wonder who wins. I know. I know. I just, I just can't wait to see Magnolia Crawford with that crown on her head when there's the <laughs> when there's the shock surprise wild card entry at the end. Oh, I think you're talking about Magnolia. <laughs> that fantastic joke. Hmm. Anyway, uh, Taylor, I want to talk about something. I want to talk about how on your very own podcast, you uh, talked about how you wanted to have your co-host. I actually don't know why. I guess we'll find out this week on your show. You wanted to take a Myers-Briggs test, correct? Yes. Yes. And so, you know, I took one years ago. Mm-hmm. Maybe 15 years ago. Uh, maybe 20 years ago, now that I think about it. And uh, and I vaguely remembered the results, but I go, you know, I want to try it again. Okay, do you want to explain briefly what a Myers-Briggs test is? 
It's a personality test, and it is often used in business. Um, it is often used to help as far as job searches. And it's a series of tests, a series of words um, where you take two words and you pick the one that you most respond to. There's other variations on that, and the website that I sent you was definitely a variation on that. And then you receive your code, for lack of a better word, your Myers-Briggs personality code, and it's four letters, and there are 16 possible options, and each of those series of letters, depending on what you get, states what kind of personality you have and what jobs you'd be good for, what you look for in a relationship. And from everything that I've ever seen, from the ones that I've done and other people who have done them, they can be very, if done correctly, they can be very, very accurate. I'm going to tell you something, Taylor. So then I, everyone should know, I bugged Taylor to get to send me the link to this website. Mm-hmm. And like Friday night, I did it. Taylor, I'm going to tell you something. And now that we're talking about it afterwards, I'll send it to you. It is fucking creepy how on the nose it is. And I'm not even talking about like fortune cookie, uh, fortune teller type uh, uh, vague bullshit. I'm mm-hmm. talking on the nose. And I think I remember I, I think I got something very similar 20 years ago. And I remember at the time it didn't mean much to me. I hadn't lived enough. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? But mm-hmm. now that um, I'm, I'm, you know, in my 40s, reading it and just pinpointing, like, holy shit, this is so fucking accurate. And even you know enough about me to know, like, oh, shit, it, like, nailed Joe Batanz right on the nose. Is that, is that a phrase people use? I think so. Back yeah. in the 1930s. But yeah. Yeah. So what was your code? Are you going to share that with... I will share it with you. Okay. Uh, I I believe... I know what it's called, but the code, I think... I believe it's INFJ. It's Ah! at... I'm INFJ. Are you really? Yes. Uh, The advocate? Yes. I'm the advocate. Oh, my God. We're twinsies. Hi. Hi. Twin. My twin. We're twinsies. (laughs) Hi. How are you? Yeah. Um, and oh my god, there was shit in there that I was like, oh my god, oh my god. I mean, I mean, like for instance, I mean, I don't want this to turn turn into therapy session, Joe, but I was reading more and more and more about it. But like for instance, about how y- you're you're not really suited for like a regular job, right? right? I don't have a regular job. I'm doing five things constantly at once, and I'm starting a nonprofit to help poor kids. You know, mm-hmm. because you always want to help people in the world. You're a therapist. But one, you know, there were even things that related to my personal relationship about how uh, you always feel you're putting everything into a relationship. Or, you know, you often do. And then you feel you don't get anything back. And that's how I felt with Cameron. And then, like, literally I had major stomach issues when I was dating Cameron. I was reading about how that can happen with advocates because of of how they deal in relationships. And it manifests itself physically. I mean, everything. It was on the money. It was creepy. Yeah, it was creepy, and they sell a book through this website. They, I don't know if it's targeted towards each personality. It's forty dollars. It is. There's, I think, there's one for each for yeah. each personality. I'm thinking about buying it. It was so. I'm like, well, because I've read other. I've been obsessed with it. I watched videos about the Advocate, and it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy, Taylor. So what? So what are your thoughts then on us being both advocates? I I think, given what I know about you, you have you have public Joe persona. And you have the Joe that I know off off the air. And I definitely see bo- both sides of that. I definitely see that you are. Because, because while we kind of have this 
outward personality because the first letter I is for introvert versus extrovert. And just because a person is an introvert doesn't mean that it's where they hide away. You know, we tend to be where we kind of wear our set. We can be where we appear extroverted, but we are actually both very introverted and we are very much of the, we like time to ourselves in order to regenerate. We kind of, you know, need, need, need that quality alone time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something you and I both share. So well, we're both no, no. definitely very feelings oriented. Yeah. So for the F versus thinking, not that we both aren't smart, but mm-hmm. we tend to we tend to wear our feelings on our sleeves. Yeah. You know, worst poker that, face ever. Yeah. No. No. Worst poker face. Which is why. Which is why it's it's great to be a therapist and have somebody tell you something shocking and you go, oh, oh, you make a face yeah. like, oh, could they actually see my face when I did that? But yeah, that that doesn't surprise me at all. Hmm. The only thing I'm disappointed in supposedly it's the rarest one, less than one percent. Which I kind of call bullshit on that because, spoiler alert, Taffy is an INFJ too. No, she's not. That's not true. Who's an INFJ? Babalu. <laughs> My other spouse, Babalu. <laughs> Babalu is an INFJ. Really? Yeah. So, so the fact that three of us, that, that says something. Hmm. Yeah. That 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 when it said it was the it was the, the most rare, I kind of thought that doesn't seem right. Yeah. But for anybody who wants to take this test, it's sixteenpersonalities.com is where I got the information and it's It's the number sixteen, by the way. Yeah, one six personalities.com. Yeah. Now is anything else going on? Oh, by the way, everyone should know. I have Taylor tries to play this. I have not heard from Taylor. The entire since we recorded last, I did call him with a very quick question the other day, and, uh, and by the way, I, I asked you about a song. I said, "Oh, what's your favorite duet from the '80s?" Right, and you just was like, "Oh, this," and I was like, "Okay, bye." And you never asked, "Why are you asking?" You okay, never- okay, 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 okay. First of all, I'm getting ready to play Animal Crossing on my mm-hmm. Nintendo DS. Mm-hmm. Which is the first time I've sat down all day. Yeah, and then the phone rings, and it's your it's your ringtone. Sure. What's my ringtone? Your ringtone is okay. People that live from lived in Philadelphia, the ABC affiliate, their action news song is been around since the seventies, and I sure. love it. It reminds me of being a kid in Philadelphia, and I have that as your ringtone. Oh, interesting. So, so, but I, and if you want to leave, oh, my phone's not in here, but I'll play it for you later. And it even has words that they don't really play as much anymore, but it's so 1973 up with people. Who else it's, has this ringtone? Nobody. You're the only <gasps> one who has that ringtone. Wow. Yes, you are the wow. only one who has that ringtone. Everybody, everybody that calls me regularly has a ringtone and yours, that is yours. Um, now, I think, so, look, so, for anyone who wants to play armchair psychologist, I think you just, you've just literally, Taylor has accidentally proven my point because he admitted he loves this song and if it was someone he would want to talk to he would only hear like a fraction of a second of the song but since he lets it ring no it was in my pocket and i was sitting on the couch when anyway he gets to go oh i get to hear this song because i'm gonna let the whole thing play through i let it run forever that's yes yes. you've cracked the code look at you Mm -hmm. thank you all right so i pick up the phone and sure. say, hello, I need a song from the 80s. Uh, I need a duet from the 80s. This is only going to take a second. Yeah. So I gave him the name of a song. Mm-hmm. And he went, okay, bye. Click. 
That was it. There was no time to ask how you were doing, what are you doing, why you need the song. As you have talked about on Catching Up, you have talked about the fact that people think you have some of the worst phone etiquette in mm-hmm. that you you get on the phone, you do what you do, and then you get off. Yeah. And sometimes when you're talking to certain people, you get off and then you hang up the phone. Yeah, I get off, then I get off. Now let me ask you this question. Do you think it's poor phone etiquette? I really don't. I I Because I, I think people think I'm being funny. It's, it's something that I think the phone call is done. I don't think I'm hanging up on somebody. I that is not what bothers me when you call me on the phone. Oh wait, but it's a hint that something bothers you. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Uh, you have a habit when yes. you call me on the phone when you get another phone call where I could be in the middle of a studio. You go, uh, hold on a minute, and then immediately switch over to the other call, <laughs> and then leave me sitting there where I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm just gonna sit here and. You know, it's like the scene in the TV show where the camera, where like a, a third person comes in and they they have it, add another window, and then the one person is just kind of sitting there looking at their nails or thumbing through a magazine. Okay, like, so that's what I feel. Because because maybe I just I just didn't learn. Let let's do let's pretend you and I are talking on the phone. Okay. And then uh, you do it the way it's supposed to be done. We're gonna do two versions. We're gonna do one where it's the way I do it, and you're gonna play me. You're gonna be you, okay. but you're gonna be you, but doing it the way I would do it. Okay. And then we'll do that one first. Okay, here we go. First. Okay. I'll, and I'll just tell, and I'll just be in the middle of the story. So, you know, it's one of these things where, like, I would never have thought this was a good fish taco place. Uh, hold on a minute. Okay, that's the way I do it. Yes. And then I'm gone. Yes. Okay. Now, okay. Now, now let's do the way it's supposed to be done. Okay. But you would think, why would I know about a Jewish cemetery? Like, I'm not even... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that was random. You have some fish tacos at Jewish cemetery. Okay, sorry, sorry. Go why ahead. would I know anything about a Jewish cemetery? But yet, here I was, just walking around a Jewish cemetery, knowing where all the famous people were buried. Joe? Yes. Joe? Yeah? Could you hold on just a second? I've been waiting for this phone call, and it's really important. I will come right back, okay? Okay. Okay, thank you. Hold all on right. just a second. Okay, now let's do the goodbye part. Let's do, I'm going to talk, and then you, you do the way I say goodbye. Okay? So, okay, well, uh, you know what? I better go start dinner because it's getting late. Okay, goodbye. (laughs) Is it really? (laughs) That is exactly exactly how you do it. Okay, goodbye. Okay. All right, then that's how it's supposed to be done. Um, Yeah, well, I guess um, my boyfriend is waiting for me to start the next uh, episode of Stranger Things 2, so I guess I better call it a day here. Well, that would be exciting if I had a boyfriend because I've got a husband, but... (laughs) No, okay, I'd be so, me. Oh, that'd be you. Okay. So you're being you, and then I am being you, be pretending to be you? Well, no, now we're doing now we're doing that you're being how it's supposed to be. Can I be you? How I would like for you to end a phone yeah, call? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, okay, but I guess I should get going. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, thank you for thank you for talking to me. And I'm so glad that you you are my co-host for RuPaul's Drag Race recap. And I love you, Taylor. And I just am so glad you're in my life. Have a wonderful evening. <laughs> How about just a, okay, I'll, t- I'll talk to you later. Bye. That's. But people have told me that they appreciate it after a while. The, the hanging up thing, I don't mind as much now. Mm-hmm. It's not so much when you say, okay, goodbye. It, it's more the. I, I have completely fulfilled my need because you have gone down this mentalist in your head of the things you need to talk about with me. And you kind of do this. Well, OK, I think we're done. So I'll just talk to you later. And I go, oh, OK. OK, goodbye. 
This week, the queens hate Courtney because she's perfect, she's beautiful, and she looks like Linda Evangelista. <laughs> Michelle does that thing when she awkwardly walks into the workroom. Jamal Sims choreographs the girls for RuPaul's music video. The girls also act in the scene with RuPaul for some reason and then are asked the same question every single which way. Why do you want to be America's drag superstar? The judges were impressed by Darian's performance in the music video, acting challenge, and runaway, while the judges had less kind words for Courtney. So in the end, RuPaul obviously asked Courtney to stay while she ordered Darian Lake to sashay away. Taylor, name two things you liked about this episode and one thing you did not. I definitely loved Darian's scenes. Mm-hmm. Darian's, both of Darian's scenes. There was enough camp, but emotion, but everything that went along that they were the most fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's like if it were going in order of reverse, of, that's the second thing I liked the most. This, to me, was a perfect Adore Delano episode. This had everything in it that I love about Adore, and there were parts of Adore in this that I had totally forgotten that I absolutely became more enamored with her. As we talked about before, I didn't like she, – she is somebody that grew on me over the course of the season, and there are parts of this that just – you just – I get why people love Adore as much as they do. So those are the two things that I liked. And I'm sure we'll talk about that at length at various parts. Um, the thing that I did not like, I almost want to save for later, if that's if that's right. okay. That's right? fine. I'm okay with that. What about you? Uh, two things I liked about this episode. Uh, I liked that it was the second to last episode. Um, you know, all of the ones who are remaining actually have some element that they are compelling television. I, Courtney of the th- among the three is the least compelling, but they're all they're all really comfortable on television, and that made them e- that made them interesting to watch, despite the fact that there was nothing to do with them. Does that make sense? It, it, it was a blessing and a curse because they all are interesting in their own right, like you're saying, but together. there's there's not a lot of content here there's not a lot of chemistry there isn't there isn't yeah also thought all i think i thought a lot of the outfits were on point i think i like that but we'll get to that we will definitely get to that uh in other words i liked how rupaul looked we will definitely get to that and then uh i also liked that it was santino's last episode Oh, yeah, you're right, it is. Mm-hmm. That never occurred to me. You're absolutely right. And then what I didn't like, you know, I kind of, I mean, I made a joke about it in here, but if you actually look at the episode, in theory, you would think Courtney should have been the one to go home. And I guess we'll get more into that. That That is the one thing that I did not like. I, I, I think Courtney should have gone home. I think yeah. it should have been. I think it should have been a door. But on this episode alone, if you take it from uh, this episode compared to other stuff, mm-hmm. I mean, I understand that Courtney was Courtney was never in the bottom two, right? No, she was never in the bottom no. two. So, and you know, you kind of got the, the the unofficial point system that we we go by. Then Darian makes sense, but it, watching the lip syncs too. But then a door was in the bottom a bunch of times. Right, but then you you also figured they loved just about everything about Adore, and Ad- if if that was a lip sync for your life where there was a winner, Adore clearly won that lip sync. Watching the four of them, Adore was somebody that anytime you watched her, 
you couldn't take your eyes off of her, especially when they would do those screens of where they had all four of them. She was the one that I was fixated on. Uh, you better watch what you're saying. Why? Oh, wait. During the lip sync? Yeah. Oh, I have tea about the lip sync later. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, well, from somebody who didn't have tea watching it, it, it was, she was, she was great to watch. You're going to want to pull that video up again. Uh, All right. Let's, uh, you know, I want to talk about something we should have talked about instead of talking about ourselves and our personalities and how we talk on the phone. We we have not ever talked about anyone writing into us. Okay. That is true. We've never talked about it. We need to talk about this Nami Harder because it's creepy. And everyone should know this. So Taylor and I are recording this. It's creepy. Not he's creepy. No, no. He's not creepy. He's not. He's a delight. He's not creepy, but it is creepy that on an episode that as of this recording, you guys have not even heard yet. By the time you hear this, you'll have heard it, obviously. But on it, we made a joke about how we said something and we said, oh, we're going to get some emails about this correcting us. And, and we both said at the same time, we almost you know did a jinx. And we said, Nami Harder, like at the same right. time, right? Mm-hmm. But the episode hasn't aired, guys. We got an, a, a Twitter direct message from Nami Harder saying, I, I don't know if you guys have recorded Glitterball yet, and that's on the Glitterball episode. Actually, let me get my phone and read the direct message. Okay. For some reason, I always thought he was from Australia. He is, isn't he? I mean, from, I always thought he was from New Zealand. And oh, for some I reason, he, I thought he was from, like, New Jersey. <laughs> no, he's from Australia, we found out. From Melbourne. Okay, here we go. This is from Nami Harder. Uh, this is, again, you guys, when we got this, you had not heard Glare Ball. I think we had just released Drag My Wedding. It was the day we released Drag My Wedding, we get this message. Hi, I'm not sure. I'm doing an American accent, sorry. Hi, I'm not sure if you have already recorded the Glitter Ball episode for Season 6, Patreon. I wanted to give some information in defense of Courtney. In Australia, we don't have Banshee Girls, so Courtney would have known what, what oh, Courtney would not have known what this was. What she had dressed as we call a bogan. These are typically uncouth, lower-educated people that dress similar to Courtney in this episode. It would be common to hear the phrase, just popping down to the servo to buy some duries. Oi, Devo, where's my thongs? Which means, I'm just heading down to the petrol station to buy... And I would need to translate his translation. (laughs) I'm just heading down to the petrol station to buy some cigarettes. Excuse me, David, do you know where my flip-flops are? So we got, we called it, we predicted an email, but he even sent it before. He's that good. He's that good. And we're that good because we figured out he was going to do it. We just didn't realize how well he was going to do it. That he he's so in tune with this podcast that he makes comments on it before they're even released. Yeah. Now let me ask you this question. If you went down to Australia, would, would you meet up with Nami Harder? Absolutely. If I ever went to Australia, I would meet up with any of our of our listeners that are down there. Would you ever want to sleep with a listener? Uh, yeah, assuming you <laughs> assuming assuming you were single, assuming you were assuming I was single. Okay, do you not remember Adonis B? Oh yeah, well, I don't think Adonis B listens to this Patreon. No, I think show. we creeped Adonis B out. No, and no, he no, ran no, screaming no, into no, 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 no. He's, he no, he 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 messaged us recently about something. Oh, uh, but like just like oh, hi, nice to hear you guys. I think when we released an episode about. Uh, one of the off-season episodes. Okay. But he still listens. But um, oh, trust me, Adonis B loves the attention. Are you friends with him on Facebook? <laughs> no. Um, it's like a gay cruise ad every day. And I'm like, does, <laughs> does he work? Or he just like a, a go-go boy on gay cruises? Anyway, 
Yeah, I, I go back and forth whether I would sleep with a fan. Now, let me tell you this. I think we cut it out of a show, but I have had an encounter with a fan, right? A sexual encounter, we'll say. We'll keep it vague. Who? We've talked about this in the show, and then I deleted it. I edited it out. Talked about it on Drag Race? Yes. Say his name and then bleep it out. I don't know his name. <laughs> At a girl. Yeah. Tell me the story later then, because I don't remember this. Was it during season seven you talked about it? No, it happened last season. Season nine. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll I'll remind you later. I'll remind you later. Okay. It's kind of coming back to me. But anyway. I gotta fix this chair. Uh, Okay. Uh, Anyway, Nami. I don't even know why I put Nami in the same sentence with sleeping with a fan, but... uh, (laughs) I think I would sleep with Nami. In that one little Twitter picture, he's very cute. Yeah. I'm going go to the Mel- right. I'm gonna go down to Melbourne. Go down under. And go to Australia. Yeah. You're going to throw your shrimp at his... <laughs> Barbie. How many, how many offensive, stereotypical Australian things can you say? You're going to jam it in his crocodile Dundee. <laughs> You're going to make your dick Ayers rock hard. <laughs> You're going to make him Priscilla, queen of your desert. Um, He's going to show you his Dame Edna. Is he Australian? He's Australian, Yeah, Dame right? Edna is Australian, yeah. Okay. I think the name of the Barry Humphreys, I believe, is the name. Barry of the Humphreys. Actor. Okay, I thought I thought I thought Barry Humphreys was Australian, but I'm not sure. Um, have you ever seen Damon Alive? Yes, I have actually. I saw Damon Alive and sat second row one time, and saw Damon. I think it was her farewell tour. I wanted to go to the farewell tour and I didn't, but everyone told me it was like meh. I saw I, it was. I saw it 15 years ago or something. And it was great. Uh... I remember it was – we had tickets through um, – I went with my work wife through uh, Taffy's mom. It has like like circle crown seats or whatever at Ruth Eckerd Hall mm-hmm. here in Clearwater. And she's like well, – I mean she has really great seats. So we got these second row seats and they had things up all over the place that said no photography. And there were these two muscle queenie guys that were sitting right up front with some ridiculous camera – and they kept taking pictures. And I will say this. She was really good at when she saw them starting to pick, take the picture. She was purposely doing things with her hands to where she would block her face so that they didn't have any good pictures of her. Mm-hmm. And then at one point she made a really – it was one of these where it was it was annoying because clearly there were people – there were signs up everywhere that said, please, no pictures, no pictures. Mm-hmm. And at one point she she got a big laugh at something and then looked down and said, please stop taking pictures of me. In and the, then the guy in the Dame Edna voice or in a male voice? I, sh- I think she said it in a male voice. She might have said it in a Dame Edna voice, but it was you could see that she was talking sternly at this muscle guy and saying, you know, knock it off. Mm-hmm. But I, I, it was it was a fun show. I mean, it was fun. If I paid one hundred and fifty dollars a ticket, I probably would have not enjoyed it as much. But it was. It, I'm glad. I'm glad I went. I'm glad I got to experience something like that. <laughs> okay, go on now. No, let's do it again, Taylor, with your with your do, uh, 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 do, my, do my thing. Yeah. Um, are you gonna? Uh, ah, you, you put me on the spot. Damn it. Um, you're gonna you're gonna lick his koala bear. <laughs> you're so out of original. 
you're gonna you're gonna let him put you in your kangaroo pouch. Um, you're gonna you're gonna order an Outback special. <laughs> uh, Are you gonna eat up my bloomin' onion? Gonna, gonna, are you gonna get yourself some Alice Springs chicken? <laughs> Have to believe the magic. magic. We're really trying to kill that on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but now, all right, the, you said to me yeah, this when you called, yeah. you, you said to me, no, that's not what I'm gonna talk about. I need a song. I need a duet from the 80s. Mm-hmm. And the first song I picked was from that soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And you were like, I don't know that song, which actually hurt my heart a little bit. Because, oh, God, I love this song so much. Oh. Ladies' choice at the roller rink. Ladies' choice. <laughs> I love this song. Oh, I want to slow dance at a middle school dance now, but not like in a Kevin Spacey way, like in an actual, like being middle school. What are your thoughts on this Kevin Spacey thing? Oh God, don't get me started on that. <laughs> I think it's gross. I think that, I think it's gross on multiple levels. It's gross. Th- it's gross that he did it. Mm-hmm. It's gross that, <laughs> that we're talking about it over such a beautiful song. I know. Like when they record this song, I go, God, I hope in, th- in 40 years, someone talked about a pedophile over their song. <laughs> Uh, um, I think it's gross that he tried to deflect uh, by by coming out something that was you know in other news water is wet, um, and it's 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 just disgusting. It ju- it just it bothers me that so many people he gave people ammunition with the whole gays are pedophiles thing mm-hmm. by doing that, and it it's just. It's just really, really gross. And something else, I mean, they've announced that we all, we, we were talking about this in a group text earlier. And then when I came home, I saw that they canceled House of Cards for next season is I, the last season. I don't think they canceled it because of that. Oh, well, if they did, you know, this decision now has affected hundreds of other people mm-hmm. in that cast and crew and all that kind of stuff. And I get that shows like that, they usually last five or six years and they go away. So they might have been thinking about wrapping it up, but now the option to continue that story in some way, at least with that character, is g- gone. Oh, but, so the, for all but of you've never people, watched uh, the, the original British... I'm, 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 think, I'm imagining it'll, it'll end the way the British series ended. Oh, is it based on a British series? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. If nothing else, the one positive thing about that is that maybe we'll get a Robin Wright movie from the character she played in Wonder Woman. Because she was a badass character in Wonder Woman. I doubt that will happen, but that's 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 what we call a reframe. And that's what my way of, of coping with just it, the whole thing is just it's gross. I don't get why though, and this is not in any way, shape, or form blaming the victim. Mm-hmm. Why a 14-year-old would be allowed to go to a party like that by themselves and allowed to hang out in a bedroom by themselves watching TV? I don't know. I, I don't know the answer to that. I don't no, know I that know. many details. And, and, that, and that doesn't make it right. That doesn't mean that he didn't have a right to be there because he was part of the cast of this play they were all in. I get all of that. 
but there is still I love that the song is still playing uh, that uh, there's something about that that is just very odd mm-hmm. but but the way that Kevin Spacey decided to deflect is it's 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 gross it's it's just gross the whole thing about it is just really really gross more like gay it forward <laughs> oh is it your turn now <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So uh, let's move on. All right. <laughs> 33 minutes in. 33 minutes in. I haven't talked about a single thing about the episode. After Ben's elimination, the girls marvel at Ben's long lipstick message, congratulate Adore for her win, and Courtney throws some shade at Bianca Del Rio. If I am brutally honest. Sure, be brutally honest. I kind of was thinking that you would turn out something that we hadn't seen. The next day, Michelle entered the workroom to announce this week's main challenge. For your final challenge, you'll be starring in the music video, Sissy That Walk. (laughs) It's a timeless tale of an innocent girl who sells her soul to become Sissy, international supermodel of the world. You'll learn sissyography with world-renowned choreographer Jamal Sims. You'll also be starring in two acting scenes where you'll be improvising with RuPaul. Oh, and I hope you're hungry because you're each invited to a little mother-daughter lunch with Mama Ru. And in the end, one of you will be eliminated. I forgot to mention this before we played the clip. Make sure to pay attention. I'm going to go back. Pay attention to something. I want you to hear something here. And I, and I, okay. I rejiggered it. I have a clip, an extra clip. But, but pay attention. This doesn't make any sense. What, what I'm going to play for you, if you think, think about it, like actually listen, and it doesn't make any sense. And I think there's a, I have a theory. Here we go. Okay. Sissy that walk. <laughs> it's a timeless tale of an innocent girl who sells her soul to become sissy. International supermodel of the world. You'll learn sissyography. What does that have to do with the music video for Sissy That Walk? It had nothing to do with it. Okay, so I, I think there's an editing mistake. Listen to this. I re-edited it. So this is the, okay. this is the whole thing, but now re-edit with that, with that piece moved where I think it should be. Okay? Okay. For your final challenge, you'll be starring in the music video Sissy That Walk. That makes sense. You'll learn sissyography with world-renowned choreographer Jamal Sims. You'll also be starring in two acting scenes where you'll be improvising with RuPaul. It's a timeless tale of an innocent girl who sells her soul to become sissy. International supermodel of the world! Doesn't that make more sense that way? I yes. think they put it in the wrong place. I, th- I think we're still missing because RuPaul later in the show calls it sissyology or sissyography. No, the sissyography is what what they're do- what they're it was learning the from. Ju- yeah, for the dancing, he calls it something else, and I think that was the name of the quote unquote movie. Okay. And I think they cut that out, and then they they didn't put it in the right order. I think that was supposed to be after the the describing that they're going to be working with RuPaul. Yeah. It makes sense. I have a couple of thoughts about this. Um, is, is that the entire clip? Uh, it is. Okay. Why? 
Um, first of all, I loved, I love Guido style from back in the eighties, and Michelle Visage was particularly Jersey this episode with the looks and the struggle to get down the stairs <laughs> without falling and breaking her hip. Yeah. But the earrings, the earrings that were the state of New Jersey, I loved those earrings so much. They were so gross and so. I didn't even ball. notice. Oh yeah, no. As soon as I saw them, I was just like, I would wear the shit out of those if I was if I looked like Michelle Visage. Um, I wonder if, and I'm sure I know that we have, um, we have drag listener listeners that are also performers and also drag queens and stuff. So I would be curious if any of them, when she says at one point to sit down to a mother daughter lunch, if that is considered offensive in the drag community, if you have an actual drag mother, if that is looked at as where she, where RuPaul is kind of coming in and now they're all her children, they're all her girls, they're all her daughters. If that is, if in a situation like, with Laganja and Alyssa being her drag mother, if that is considered offensive or not. That's just one of those, I don't know if you know the answer to that, but. I don't know the answer, but what I would, I would guess the answer is that RuPaul's almost seen like Mother Earth. That makes sense. She's okay. everyone's ma- mama. You know what I'm saying? And then when you go into the RuPaul's Drag Race family, she becomes your mother as well because she's essentially giving you a new kind of life. And so it doesn't make Alyssa Edwards any less her drag mother, because then Alyssa Edwards would say that RuPaul is her drag mother. Yeah. Yeah, but not everybody's drag mother goes on Drag Race. No, so. but what I'm saying is they they would make different arguments. I, I, I don't think they would. I think there would be some weird, almost like goddess type argument. Okay. So, and I have one other comment. It's, it's, it's immediately following the part that you we didn't play and that's where she talks about the fact that one of them will go home and they all look shocked at that and Adore makes some comment about well th- we just figured we the four of us were going to the finale because that's the way it's always been it's not the way it's always been did they do that in season five i don't think so because because the, the last it was the last three that did the video with rupaul as judge judy and all that so the only thing that i could think of that was where they had a top four was all stars but I don't think they would have seen All Stars at that point. All Stars One, I mean. Yeah. So that was just no. They would have odd. seen All Stars One. All Stars One film. All Stars One aired between season four and season five. Right, but you also figure they filmed All Stars Two, and or they're filming All Stars Three and season ten back to back, and it's always like a year out. I I don't. It just was. It just seemed like a very odd statement it's taken me 12 episodes but this is the first one that i've actually taken notes oh really you actually took notes on this one <laughs> yes i took notes so so i that, those are just kind of the things about that first segment that were very okay i don't get it um i have one more clip to play and i don't think there's much to discuss after this but i'll just play it immediately the girls get to work with choreographer jamal sims courtney and adore sail through the rehearsal meanwhile darian struggled and bianca deflected her weaknesses with humor Bianca, here we go. Just to let you know, I had a stroke in 1972. You got this. You got <laughs> this. Come on, with five, six, seven, eight. Go. Uh-huh. Shit, I can't. Uh, am I going down or you're am going, I? Look, you're gonna start with your chest, and then that rolls down your body. Let it, let it. Yeah. You see that? There you go. Yeah. That's all right. <laughs> okay, boom. Right. Just keep going. Come but back now, to me. I'm but look, but look, you can't be smiling it's like this. It's that stroke. It's that stroke. You like that's this? Like the roll. Okay, so here's what I have to say about I originally put the dis- – we did the discussion already of this, but I put it for right after this. But let me say this about uh, the Jamal Sims part is I just love that uh, Michelle announces that Jamal will be choreographing this thing. Mm-hmm. 
And they go, ooh, Jamal Sims, Jamal Sims, Jamal Sims is choreographing. And then he walks in and like, ooh, damn, girl, how you fine? I'm like, wait a minute. If you know who he is, why are you now shocked by what he looks like? <clears throat> is Jamal Sims your type? Were you looking at that and going like, oh, daddy. I actually wrote down, is Jamal cute? I was going to ask you the same question. That's so funny. No, he is not. <laughs> he is not my type. I, I... You think a dancing Lewis Gossett Jr.? Yes. Okay. I was. I said in my head, he is the uncle that shows up for the barbecues once a year. Like that's who he reminds me of. Yeah. The family. The family picnics. He's the uncle that kind of sits in one of the the folding chairs with a lot of the other uncles, and he makes he makes inappropriate jokes. And he wears like the socks with like those like um, shower sandals. Yeah, and he has on a button down short sleeve shirt and a tank top underneath yeah. to show his chest plate tattoo that he got in Nam. That's yeah. That's that is that is definitely who Jamal Sims is. Anything else to say about the choreography or anything about that? Because we're going to break down the show in a, in a different kind of way after this. Um, the one thing that I thought was the the weird. This had a lot of weird edits to it, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about later. In particular, during the uh, deliberations, and it was weird that they immediately follow up with where he is trying to support Darian with you are defeating yourself. You've got this to, we can't fuck this up with this is RuPaul's money. <laughs> like, all within the course of, like, five seconds. And it immediately shows her where her face her face goes blank. And I'm sure it wasn't said one right after the other. But the way they did it, I thought was a very odd, you know, you got this. You got this. Do not fuck this up. <laughs> now, we're going to do something very strange now, okay? No, we've done this before. Okay. It's not very strange. We do this all the time, actually. But we're going to break it down because we're in the final four by Queen and their storyline. We're gonna, so we're going to do all of Adore Delano. We're going to do all Bianca, Courtney, and Darian. But what I want to do, why don't we do their looks when we do their story? So once we play all the clips, during the discussion, we'll also talk about their looks. Does that make okay. sense? Are their looks yeah. loaded? Uh, uh, yeah, they're they're in the Google Drive. Let me I loaded all the looks a couple weeks ago after you gave me shit on the air. Mm-hmm. I put them all in folders. Mm-hmm. Well. <sighs> Must be nice to be able to do that in, in advance. Yeah, yeah, well, you know. Okay, first up, Adore Delano opens up to RuPaul during her Tic Tac lunch. So, Adore, why should you get the crown? This is my passion, it's my calling. I was raised right, so I would not let you down. So, Adore, you're really close to your mom. You talk about her all the time. Yeah, like my mom is all I need. She's like my mom, my dad, my grandparents. She's everything to me, so. What about your dad? I don't really have a relationship with him. Do you want one? Why not? There's a lot of things that he said to me when I was younger. When I was seven, he said that like he was basically embarrassed of me because I was feminine and I liked girl things. And it just really stuck with me. That I think has a lot to do with my confidence. Like a lot of my freakouts, a lot of my insecurities come from that. Yeah, a bone in the place it was broken, after it heals, that becomes the strongest place on the bone. You know what I'm saying? So that broken place in you can be your spiritual resurrection because you're a fabulous kid. And you've got lots of talent, and he's really missing out. What's your mom's name? Bonnie. Do this for Bonnie. She's the one rooting for you back home. And you go out there, and you don't let the saboteur get you off the track. The RuPaul must have the biggest boner during that moment. 
That's not the one she had the big boner for. We'll talk about that later. During her acting challenges, Adore performed well. Here she is in a dramatic scene with Mr. Charles. Adore, I came all the way from Azusa to bring you home. Where you belong. Belong? I don't belong to anybody in Azusa. I belong in the hearts of my fans. The boys love Sissy. The ladies love Sissy. Everybody loves me. Goodbye. I'm Sissy, damn it! Supermodel of the world! On the main stage, Adore told RuPaul why Adore should be America's next drag superstar. These girls up here are all stars, but I'm really sorry about it. I'm America's Next Drag Superstar. I feel like I'm relatable, I'm approachable. And with this title, I'll be very proud to carry on the legacy and teach all the little mermaids of the world. I just really, really want to make you proud. I'm already a winner, but the crown really would complete this whole look and everything. (laughs) And I love you guys. Thank you. Thank you, Adore. Okay, uh, right. Taylor the Latte Boy, you said you had a lot of thoughts about Adore Delano. I I think a lot of them are summed up in her speech in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, or at the end, rather, I'm sorry. I she, she is very personable in this one. She looks fierce in all of her looks, even though she has on that damn dress again, that damn tube top dress um, in the in the photo shoot. The scene in particular where Courtney and Bianca are trying on outfits or they're pulling out outfits that they're going to wear for the runway. And she's just kind of sitting watching the two of them and she's doing this like, oh, oh, that's so pretty. She's got where she's kind of talking to them and she's also kind of talking to herself. It just it's one of these where she had like, you know, this aura about her that was just very vulnerable and she seemed very much like somebody you kind of wanted to look after like you wanted to take care of and she was it just it 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 was it was such a nice sweet moment that wasn't about drama that wasn't about anybody screaming at each other it wasn't about her doing her whole you know i'm a fucking libra and all that kind of stuff it was just this moment that was really really nice to watch um the scene with rupaul Mm-hmm. Her, which I call her Tyra moments, because it's all about trying to get these queens to cry. That was oh, also not the acting where, scene. You're talking about the no, not the acting the scene. Where, where she's lunch. sitting with the Tic Tacs, the Tic Tac lunch, where it's all about just trying to get that last squeeze, that last tear out of that, mm-hmm. out of that drag queen. Um, was very hard to watch too for for personal reasons i mean which i don't mind sharing but i had a similar situation with my dad when i was little so that to me that kind of immediately i went to i went to that but also just watching her she was very vulnerable in that moment and it wasn't a it wasn't about i can't sew or i i'm worried i'm not going to bring it it was just this thing that clearly bothered her and clearly was a it was something that that has stayed with her since she was little taylor what's your mom's name I'm not going to say my mother's name on the air. Taylor's mama latte. Mocha. (laughs) You do this for Mocha. She's the one that's been there. Don't make fun of me. I'm making fun fun of you. Making fun of RuPaul. Okay. You do this for Mocha. 
now. All the way back in Patterson, New Jersey. I don't know where does she live. I do not Patterson. Patterson, New Jersey is North Jersey. I am from South Jersey. South Jersey, born and raised. Reminds me of, uh, and I know this makes no sense to you, but to anyone who does, a kid in college who hated this other kid. And he was like, um, he's from Fresno. I'm from Bakersfield. <laughs> like, okay. Both- well, what were your thoughts on Adora? You know, the act, the acting challenge with RuPaul, I thought she was just channeling her Anna Nicole Smith impression. It was it was a little Anna Nicole Smith. It was that. Anna Nicole Smith. Uh, and, you know, Michelle gave her major prop. But there was this is the judging thing where everybody gets a compliment and no one gets any negative uh, critiques. So Adore was amazing in telenovela and such a great actress. I thought it was – I didn't think it was that good. Um in terms of the Tic Tac lunch, I feel cry once and you got me. But I feel like this is like the third week in a row that Adora was crying. And it seemed to me that she was now using it to she, – she, I think she's very smart and very – she can read people very well. And she saw that like Paul's eyes would light up and she would get his attention and sympathy. And I think she – use that to her advantage because why is she crying so much uh i respectfully disagree on that one i think i think the because you figure and if you watch it and this kind of goes back to the tyra moment where she's like you know oh tell me about your mother your mother's really really gay what about your dad i mean like immediately like almost shocks the door <laughs> the way the way that she goes after that this one and particularly with darian when we get to darian that is is just kind of ew so i i think that the in particular this one the crying when she was talking about her dad she kind when she did the thing of where she said do you have a relationship with your dad and she didn't answer she just shook her head and immediately started to, to cry i i would hope that was genuine I would hope that was genuine. Well, she's a, but I, 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 to me, it makes sense why all the little tweens love Adore. This is, it, oh, she has yeah. the same emotions, even though she's 23 in this. Um, okay, let's talk about her look. You want to describe it, Taylor? Her look. Uh, her look is she is wearing a sequenced, <laughs> as, they, as they alluded to, Roxy Andrews, um, Little mini dress with that comes to some some almost some Harlequin type points at the bottom. Big, big sequins, and she has on like fuchsia colored shoes. She has on blonde hair with definitely some roots showing. Bright pink lipstick. I thought she looked great. I this is definitely this is a this is a look for me that shows the progression of where she was when she she doesn't look sloppy here. Or she doesn't look unpolished, and I would give her a toot here. How about you? You like those shoes with that dress? Yeah, because it's they're shiny and flashy, and so it goes with the dress in some ways. I don't think I like the color of the shoe with the dress, and I didn't even think about how much I hated the wig till you pointed out I had dark roots showing. Yeah, because at one point she says, "I thought you had a headband on because it was so dark." Yeah, um, I'll give it a toot for a door. I probably wouldn't really like this in real life. I'll be honest with you, but for a door, okay. it's a toot. All right, all right. Moving on, Bianca Del Rio. She told RuPaul some jokes during her Tic Tac lunch. Hello. Hello. Come on in. I feel like I'm at the Last Supper. <laughs> well, here you are. 
Here top I am. four. I know. You're very astute. You're one of the better players we've had come through here. Where's that come from? I've had some amazing people in my life that have taught me that, you know, that were like, Queen, you don't need to wear that wig, you don't need to say that. And now I catch myself on countless occasions saying things to other queens and I'm like, I sound like the old one now, you know? Now the rest of the world will see that nicer side. Are you prepared for that? You've been filming this? <laughs> There's tape in those cameras? Yeah. Oh, great. Coming into this competition, I had no intentions of mentoring any child. But it's been kind of refreshing in a weird, fucked up way. During her scene with Mr. Charles, Bianca performed well. I came all the way from New Orleans to bring you home. Don't you know who I am? I am Sissy! Sissy! S-I-M... Alright, maybe I don't know how to spell, but I don't play Scrabble. Because you know why I am supermodel of the world. If you can't love yourself, girl, how in the hell you gonna love somebody else? Huh? Oh, now you writing poetry? Have a drink on me, you bastard! Finally, Bianca explained to RuPaul why Bianca should be America's next drag superstar. There's an old saying that you can't teach an old dog new tricks. For me, it wasn't going through the competition with an adolescent charm, going through it with a fabulous body and beauty, or going through it with great lip sync talents. I had dresses, I had hair, and a guard. I have built up this wall, and this experience has changed me. And I didn't expect it to be this magical or this inspiring, but it is. I went through it self-discovery, accepting that I'm not such a bad bitch. And I thank all of you personally from the bottom of my chilly little heart. Thanks. Tana the Latte Boy, your thoughts on Bianca Del Rio. It was, I, I thought the, the final speech was very rehearsed. It, it, it felt, it did not feel, while nice and while mature and while gracious, it felt very much where she was in her hotel room at night practicing that speech. That's just my thought on that. I thought her scenes of Sissy were some of the best um, from an improv standpoint. And the S-I, well, I never said I could spell, was funny. Um, it, it was, she, she, at this point, I think she kind of knew at the very least, if she didn't already know she had it, she knew she was in top three. That it really it was kind of hers to lose at this point. You know, it's so funny until they, it comes up on this episode and she mentions it herself. I didn't realize how much of a wall there was between us and Bianca. And do we really know, like, do we really know Bianca at all? Like, I feel, for better or for worse, we feel like we know Adore, you know? And I, and I get yeah. the sense that I know Darian as well. I don't get the sense that I know Courtney, but it, it, I feel like I do because I feel like you see what you get. I feel like she's kind of like... I don't mean a shallow person. I think she is a good person. But what I mean is like shallow. The, the, I don't think there's a lot of depth there. Does that make sense? Yeah. Whereas Bianca, I feel there is a lot there, but she is just so guarded. And she talks about how she, she let her guard down, but I don't think she really did. And I, I think she skated by without having to show that. I think she let her guard down in that she helped other queens on the show. I think that, that was her and that she had those moments... You know, I mean, you, you love to make fun of me because of the cincher thing, but th- that is something where that was a moment that I think she went into this thinking it was going to be just a constant fight all the time. 
And, you know, when you think about it in the beginning of the show, she was nothing. When she wasn't talking, her job was to stand in the back and roll her eyes. And she didn't really, well, she did it with Courtney one time this episode, but for the most part, she kind of stopped doing that. But don't you think this has struck me right now that many of the people who win this show are kind of ice queens that you never really get to know. And even though the ones who they are vulnerable and make themselves vulnerable become really famous, they don't win. So, like, let's go back. Sasha Velour, do you really feel that you know Sasha Velour? No. Do you feel that you know Bob or Violet? Jinx. Violet, no. Bob, Bob, yeah. I think I think Bob shared I – mean, Bob talked about his mom and – yeah. I do feel okay. Jinx made herself very vulnerable. Jinx did, and I would say Alaska did too. But Sharon? Raja? I don't care. Tyra? I don't care about Tyra. Or- Tyra barely knows she won. Um, yeah, I, I feel well, like to win, you can't be too vulnerable. Like, the ones that have made themselves very vulnerable, and you feel like you know them, like Katya, or even Ginger, or... Um, Chichi Devane, or uh, I, I can go through a, a, a list of them, but where you feel like even Alexis Michelle, we really know Alexis Michelle, but she's not going to win, you know? Uh, well, I would say know- with, with Ben. Ben, for as much as they talked about her being a character, I think there was enough moments on that show, behind the scenes and in Untucked, where you do get what I felt like I knew Ben by the time that she left the show. I know that the judges didn't seem to be able to see it as far as things. She always kind of hid behind a costume. But as far as just growing up and having her mom die at an early age and then just all of the energy she puts into this character and that this is a passion for her, I, I felt more so for her than maybe other people on their season. So do you think maybe perhaps Bianca is projecting onto Ben? When she talks about how she doesn't like Ben because Ben's so fake, blah, 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 blah. Maybe. I still don't know that whole story. I know that we've kind of talked about it in Drips and Drabs, but I don't know the whole Ben-Bianca saga. Okay. Which we could talk about at a different time, obviously. Yeah. Maybe we'll talk about it in a week. Maybe in a week. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, let's talk about Bianca's look. Do we want to talk about it, Taylor? Yeah, Bianca's look. She was in a- another dress that was kind of the same silhouette, but... Bianca is somebody that she's wearing. It's peacock blue. And I almost want to say some of the appliques are kind of peacock inspired, though. I think there was more yellow and blue to them. Um, I like the dress. I it, it kind of looks like just about most of the other dresses that she wears. But I think with the red hair, it's it's a very pretty look. And I gave this look a toot. Yeah, once again, it's not anything new for Bianca, but she does look really good. Her hair is different, actually. It's not as severe as it usually is. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it looks fantastic. I give it a two. Okay. All right. Courtney Act. During the Tic Tac lunch, Courtney seemed confused by the idea that she seems insincere. So $100,000, America's next drag superstar. Why should you get the crown? I can look good. I can sing good. I can dance good. And if there's somebody else who's better than me, then they should win. But I truly feel that I have been my best and I feel that I have been the best as well. You've been criticized for resting on pretty and being diplomatic in a way that felt sort of canned. What about the emotional, uh, vulnerable side of Courtney Act? I know it concerns me that it seems canned because I 
truly feel like I come from this place of objectivity and I feel like in the competition as well I'm in like work mode and I'm focused right. on work. We can all stand for a little bit more humanity, even if that humanity seems messy and uh, uncomfortable. I know that you have that vulnerability, I can see it in your eyes and I'm very proud of you. Give them hell out there. Oh well, thank you. During the acting scene with Mr. Charles, Courtney came off as weird. Now, you're not going to be able to see this because it's visual, but she has, like, weird shit tied in her hair, and it's yeah. it's weird. She has, she's, like, she's going for a kooky look. Her yes. glasses are off, like, all off kilter. And... I've come all the way from Sydney to bring you home. I belong right here. I don't even sound Australian anymore. Everybody loves me here. The whole world loves Sissy. I see now that Courtney's dead. So goodbye forever. Night! I'm the supermodel of the world! Finally, Courtney explained to RuPaul why Courtney should be America's next drag superstar. Um, in Australia, I'm Australia's drag superstar. And I've had so many wonderful opportunities there to have a lot of good moments and a lot of bad moments. And learn from all of that and I sort of came to America as like a polished product and I feel that I can take this and I can make the most out of it. You say this is the Olympics of drag and I want to take that Olympic torch and I want to keep running with it and I want to be America's next drag superstar. All right Taylor your thoughts on Courtney Act. One thing that we haven't talked about that is a common theme with the four interviews is the lighting on RuPaul is horrible. She looks, it is not good lighting for her, where you can pretty much see the where where the makeup ends and the actual skin tone begins with the wig. But that's I have I have it that on a note. Um Courtney, this I was really disappointed with Courtney's performances. Uh, not only with the this one, but the, where she was slapping back and forth. Yeah, um, that one was bad too. Like for, for those of you listening who didn't watch the episode, there was a whole other acting uh, scene with all the girls. I didn't pull because it's primarily visual. And in this one, they're like taking RuPaul's a photographer who's trying to like provoke them, and Courtney's is particularly really atrocious. Do you get the references where those to where the two scenes come from? One of them seems very dream girlsy, but I don't know. No. Kai, it's mahogany. Oh, so because he because when he comes back with the outfit, he's supposed to look like Billy D. Williams. Oh, I, I and did I not think get that it. there is a I think that there is one scene where he's trying to get where a photographer is trying to get Diana Ross to where he's making her do all these stupid things, and she goes nuts, and he starts taking pictures of her, which I think is played by uh uh who played Norman Bates uh Tony Perkins. Oh, really. I haven't seen that movie since I was little. Again, <laughs> little gay boys watching Mahogany in 1978 yeah. on HBO. But I remember some of those, some of that stuff. The the, the with the looking with the Jerry Curl mullet and everything. That the first time I watched this last week, I'm like, oh, that's what that's supposed to be. But he does, getting back he, he to Courtney, does love Diana Ross. Anyway, going back to Courtney. Yes, um, getting back to Courtney. Uh, I think that she. The, the the comments on you're too polished and you don't seem sincere, considering that she has been the most blunt of uh, the the queens 
good, bad, or otherwise this season. I, I don't get that. I mean, maybe that's just how she presents on the runway. But Courtney is somebody that I feel like we have gotten to know this season, and that I I'm I, I, I that whole thing of where you know we I I don't seem genuine. I'm too polished. I'm too pretty. I that to me it just didn't make a whole lot of sense. What about well, you? because I think it's, it's easier to say I'm too polished, I'm too pretty. You can't say I'm boring. She's essentially boring. So you think that was their way of saying you're boring without saying you're boring? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I literally during her when we were playing this, I was looking at my phone. Like she bores me. I have no interest. Oh, in her. and I was I was looking for I was looking for a pair of tweezers on my uh, on my desk. So that's really funny that you and I were both tuned out. Yeah. Oh, actually. It was both two now. Can we, can we finish that? Um, yeah, so let's move on to Darian Lake. Oh, no, let's talk about her look, actually. I was going to say, we have a look talked about her look. The looks for Courtney. Um, Courtney is the... Well, okay, spoiler alert for Darian, but Courtney is the only one that got a boot from me. I do not like this. I don't think this dress is flattering. She looks like a boy in a dress. It is too boxy. There is no cinching of the waist. It makes her shoulders look wide. Her hair looks good. I don't. We talked about the fact that I don't like nude as a color for a dress, um, and it's just she. She looks kind of like a linebacker in this. So this this look got a boot from me. See, I don't really know if I really agree with you. I actually, I, I I'm going to give it a boot, but I just think it's boring for her. I think she's given so much more interesting looks. Well, okay, and and you're kind you're kind of saying what I'm saying. The problem with nude as far as a color with dresses is you have to do something to wow me because you, you get washed out where you just all look like one color. So there needs to be something else that kind of zhuzhes it up. But the problem is it's very easy when you're wearing nude and you try to zhuzh something up that you can go too far and then it goes to tacky. Mm-hmm. This was just boring is a great word to describe this outfit. It is boring. So, Well, it's like literally beige. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay, Darian Lake. During their Tic Tac lunch, Darian told RuPaul about a difficult coming out experience. Darian, you're going to be famous. How are you going to deal with people saying things? Mostly BS. You know, I can brush off what people say to me because growing up, I've heard horrible things. You were thrown out of the house as a kid, weren't you? It wasn't pack your bags and leave. It was more like an invitation to leave. My mother said, you have a lot of nerve to stand there in in my house, on my dime, and live your lifestyle that I don't approve of. And she's like, you're a clown. People are going to laugh at you. And I think she still has that whole thing that queers are below any other person. There was a lot of years of not loving myself. Loving yourself, it really takes a daily practice. I'm so proud of you. All right, sweetheart. Now get your ass back to work. You've got a crown to win. Mm-hmm. During- <laughs> Can we just talk about that for a minute first before we go to the other stuff? Sure. Can we please? Yeah, go ahead. That is the moment when she's, when RuPaul says... You were thrown out of the house, weren't you? You can actually watch her get an erection. You, th- she gets so excited. And they even for a split second go back to Paul, And she's got this creepy smile on her face. That is, I, 
Darian could have said she killed her family right after that and buried them all in the backyard. I would have heard it because I was so fixated on this whole, I'm going to get this bitch to cry. I want to get this bitch to cry so bad. She got her close. It's gross. Well, yeah, I know. Well, that's that's how that show is. I, I know. But towards the end with the, I mean, and I know they've kind of moved now to the, what would little Joey say to, you know. But you know what? I'll tell you what. I wish RuPaul was less structured. And what I mean is that I wish they would go back to the Tic Tac lunch or even the podcast kind of thing when they do that and have a real conversation with them and not a, like, let's see what we can get in, in four minutes. Yeah. You know, like, we're going to spend five minutes talking. You might try to make you cry in five minutes. Let's get, like, have a real conversation and take the best of it. It's going to take you all day, but just do it. And you're going to get yeah. great content. Rather than it's, I think if they did that, they would get good content and it wouldn't seem so, I have five minutes to make you cry. Yeah. You know? And I, that's the sense I kind of got here with the Tic Tac Lunch. It's gotten even worse, I think, with the, what would Darian Lake say to little Augustus Gloop? <laughs> <laughs> you're horrible. Okay, so thank you. Thank you for humoring me with that. But I've been waiting to talk about that scene since we started taping. Did it anger you? Yes. Yes, it did anger me. RuPaul is one of those people I love and hate RuPaul all at the same time because I get it it is the business of show and I get that she is trying to make these queens look vulnerable in some ways. To show she's trying to break them down so that she can get credit for building them back up. I get that because as soon as she gets them to cry, she starts throwing out all of her new age psychobabble. And I say that as a licensed clinician. And it it pisses me off. It pisses me off because it's 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 not to genuinely help these girls. Mm-hmm. It comes off as tears equal ratings. And that I want the ratings. That's what it comes off as to me. But then there are times that she's very funny and there are times that she is very personable. But this whole – the one-on-one pieces is not her strength to me. I'm sure we'll get letters on that, but that's that's my opinion. During her scene with Mr. Charles, Darian started off weak but ended strong. This is where I belong. This is my home on the stage. On the covers of the magazines. So goodbye forever. Don't! I'm sorry. Sissy. Look what they've done to you, sister. Come back. Would you still have me? Come to me. Come on, mama. Finally, Darian explained to RuPaul why Darian should be America's next drag superstar. I'm going to give you more queen per pound. There's no comparing me to others. Adore, sometimes you get a little rattled. Bianca, I could teach you maybe a little thing about sensitivity. Courtney, what a sexy dish. But this dish needs a little salt. You have seen my talents. I will make everyone who's sitting there thinking that they're not good enough, that if this old bitter queen can do it, anybody can do it. Thank you. 
All right, Taylor, uh, our last queen, Darian Lake, your thoughts apart from, we, we got your thoughts on her Tic Tac lunch, but what about the acting scene? What were your thoughts on that? The acting scene was my favorite one. The act, not the, the first part of it was a little bland, but if you put the scenes together, it looks like somebody who is trying to be in control and has it for a moment. And then when Billy D. Charles walks out of the room, that's when she completely crumbles. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing at the end where she goes, will you still have me? <laughs> I mean, I thought it was just, it was, it was a smart moment, moment, moment mm-hmm. and a smart thing to do. And that was my favorite of all of them. Um, I think her speech of the four might have been the reason that she didn't get picked for the top three. Oh, really? Why? I think I, th- I think it was already determined. But go ahead. Well, okay, but I mean, okay, again, playing along like somebody who doesn't think about the manipulations. All and right, Donna Sugars, because it seemed to have the least hum- humility and the least gratitude. Of the four, Courtney was close, Mm -hmm. but it seemed like, you know, one thing that you don't do in that moment where you're talking about appreciating the moment is you don't tear down the other three people, especially when you've supposedly had this like kumbaya experience with the four of you where you all just got done talking about it, how much you've enjoyed this experience and getting to know each other. When I first met you, I thought this. And when I first met you, I was scared of you and all that kind of stuff. To do something like that was, was tacky. And... I also think that she kind of falls into the ginger minge school of I'm going to try to make a comment about a big queen winning the show. Mm -hmm. And while hers was a little more subtle than I remember ginger minge saying something along the lines of you never had a big queen, never had a big girl win this. It's time for a big girl. I there was just something about it that it just didn't seem it seemed very Darian, the, the parts of Darian that you don't necessarily like. And when she says to Bianca, I could teach you some sensitivity, she said more bitchy things about people than anybody else this season. That's, tr- that's a good point. I never thought about it. Um, I actually think we talked about it before. I mean, I thought, look, if we break it down, her Tic Tac lunch, she cried. So she gave Rube A plus. Or she mm-hmm. teared up. I'll say she teared up. She shared. Courtney, what did, what did we learn from Courtney? I'm comparing her to Courtney because clearly Adore and Bianca are going through the top three. Okay. So that yeah. third spot is up for grabs between Courtney and Darian. All right. Who wins in the Tic Tac lunch? Darian or Courtney? Darian. Okay. In the acting one, who wins? Darian or Courtney? Darian. And then on the speech, though, that's a t- that's a tricky one, right? Uh, I don't know. I mean, they're both. I didn't like either okay, one. Okay, so let's give it a tie. And then who wins on the looks? Let's talk about the looks. What did What did you think of Darian's look? Uh, this, this still feels very off the rack to me, but I thought she looked beautiful. And I thought that for a final showing, I I love the color of the dress. That bluish purple, I am all about that. And I thought the red hair looked good. I thought her makeup looked great. It was it was enjoyable. Much more so than Courtney. I think she looks great, actually. I mean, look, it, she's a big girl. She is only going to be able to do off the rack. Okay? No! Necessarily, I I think you have like Ginger Minge. I think had some looks that were if they were off the rack, they weren't mall off the rack. Because Ginger Minge talked about a couple of her looks that she spent a significant <laughs> amount of money on. Yeah, do we believe any of that? All right, wasn't well, it like well, twenty thousand dollars? Wasn't it some crazy one? Remember that? It was some no, joke. it was something like five thousand. I don't think it was twenty thousand dollars, but it was. 
I I think that there have been some big girls that have had some looks that weren't quite so you could get at the plus section at Dillard's. So, all right. So then, who wins in the in the in? So it, it clearly it should have been Darian that went through. Unless you're saying it, yes. it all depends on that speech. And I thought of the two lip syncs. I thought that she was she was better because Courtney was still doing that weird jerky arm thing and. I, no, it sh- it it really should have been. No, we're also taking the dance into into consideration because she apparently had difficulty with the dance. Oh, that's true. That's true. She had difficulty with so. the dance, and she didn't look. And at the end of the day, didn't they, no? She makes it into the video, right? Yes, all four of them in the video. Which okay, this is something else. We kind of have to go back towards the towards the beginning of thing, and this kind of goes to also the glitter ball thing. Why? They would put her in a jumpsuit mm-hmm. makes no sense to me because I get that the other ones all are having like kind of the bathing suit type outfits, but the jumpsuit just accentuates those legs. And then at one point, if you actually watch the video for Sissy That Walk, there is a side view of her where she is stomping on a treadmill that is really, really unflattering. And I, I just can't imagine – I can't imagine – I can't imagine. that that That's really kind of what it boils down to. Like I don't get – there are outfits, you know. I am friends with some larger women. I might podcast with a larger woman. And I've seen her in bathing suits that are very flattering and, as she says, hide a myriad of sins that I think that she couldn't have stood out at, as much – as she did compared to the other three and the little skimpy that all kind of looked like they were like almost like a girl group. And then you kind of have this bodysuit next to them that doesn't matter. It, it, it just really, it, it actually made me mad that they put her in that because I feel like they could have done more to help her to stand out in a more positive way than she did. Thank you. You know, I did an acting thing with a famous person once. And everybody left the party and you were left alone in the bedroom watching TV. <laughs> Do you want to hear it? Yeah. I'll only play a little part of it and then we'll play the whole, I'll put the, I'll tag the whole thing after the very end of the show, after, after all like the, our Instagram, that the tag at the end, at the very uh-huh. end, I'll put the whole thing. But um, there's an intro, so I, I don't know how to skip the intro, but maybe I can. The setting for this scene is a cheap Southern hotel. You, Anne, are what polite society calls a lady of ill repute. You are very beautiful, however, and have attracted the attention of Logan, son of the governor of the state. Logan, played by Vincent Price, opens the scene as he pounds on the door of your room. Anne. Annie. Annie, you can open up this door. Logan, please, go away. You don't want me, and I don't want you. Come on, open up this door. No. In that case... Look what you've... I'll have it fixed. And who'll pay for it? Your father, as usual? Yeah, we'll take it out of the state budget. What's the use of being the governor's son if you can't enjoy some of the privileges? Aren't you a little old to be dragging on your father's coattails? Why don't you do something on your own for a change? I am. I'm learning to be the next governor of the state. When my daddy steps down, I'll step up. It's all been laid out very carefully. Oh, yeah? So I'll put the whole thing at the end. My whole scene with Vincent Price. What is that from? What? It's a scene I did with Vincent what? Price. <sighs> okay. 
After all the questions and all the critiques, it came down to one final lip sync among all four girls. The song? Sissy That Walk. In the end, one girl had to go home. Though Darian seemingly impressed the judges in this week's competition, nonetheless, she was asked to sashay away, leaving the top three queens as Bianca, Adore, and Courtney. Darian Lake shared her... Oh, wait. I'm going to run out of time here. Hold on. We'll, we'll, we'll put this... Let's play for a while. But Darian Lake shared her thoughts on her time in the competition and then performed perhaps the best exit in the history of the show. You know, I'm leaving here without the crown but not empty-handed. I have seriously grown and I have made friends for a season, a reason, or a lifetime. Thank you. And I will leave like a true diva. Get out of my way. (laughs) Taylor, any final thoughts on the episode? The critiques at the end when they were trying to figure out who was going to be the top three were clearly overdubbed. Like, really bad. I normally don't pick up on things like that. And Santino and Michelle, at various points, it was clear they had to go into a studio afterwards and redub their lines. Yeah, because it would be like, uh, you know, Adora, I don't really like that dress. Because it doesn't really fit you. <laughs> and, and you're yeah. <laughs> what? She's shown a lot of versatility, especially in her fashion choices. <laughs> but I think that it's really important that we get to a place where we know that she's going to be America's next drag superstar. Don't you agree, Michelle? I do agree. I particularly like it when she was in the Snatch Game activity. I mean, it's all stuff like that. I can really see the outline of your dick. Shanary in your pocket. <laughs> it's like that kind of stuff. Uh, any, I know you took notes. Did we miss anything? Did all your notes get covered from this episode? We did not talk about how much I loved RuPaul's dress. Oh, and we also didn't talk about my tea about the lip sync. Oh yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. But I loved RuPaul's look this this week. That that houndstooth type uh, pattern. But I am a big fan of bright neony colors. I love neon pink, neon green, neon orange. They're three of my favorite colors. And especially when you mix mix pink with blue, that bright neon blue. I loved 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 her look this week. They didn't film all four queens at the same time doing the music video. I had read that tea before, and so I looked out for it, and it's it's Darian and Adore at the same time, and Bianca and Courtney, but you never see all four at the same time doing the lip sync. And if well, you, that makes sense because they'd all be banging into each other. Yeah, so if you look at it, you're like, and it's funny because they kind of give it away because you'll see like Darian and Adore cross the stage at the same time, or Bianca and Courtney, but you never yeah. see all four on the stage at the same time. So there was a part okay. where you said earlier. Where you especially you you would look at a door especially when they were all four were singing but you never they were never all four singing but yes you, but I still agree with you I still agree with you that that your eye is drawn to a door and that might explain if it was a door versus Darian why Darian didn't because Bianca was kind of middle of the road so then you sort of have two that are like eh, they're they're okay mm-hmm. I wonder how often or not how often. How many times do you think that they ever lip sync for their lives? Do you think they lip sync more than once for angles and stuff? I know they do two runway walks. I don't know if they do two lip syncs. Because if you had a situation, well, of course, they also did that where she did the double elimination with Honey Mahogany and 
uh, no, it wasn't Honey Mahogany. Uh, it was, um, oh, maybe they got no, Honey Mahogany and Vivian Pinoy. Oh, Vivian Pinay. But they also did, Pinay. they did it with Dax exclamation point and Layla McQueen. Right. But they also did it with Honey because that was the first time that they did it was a double elimination. And, and I, so maybe that is something where she's seen enough, but I would almost think, cause Bianca and Courtney were just kind of meh. So if you have two of them that are like that, unless she already had it, like said in her head and she gave Bianca an opportunity or she gave uh, Darian an opportunity to wow at the end, maybe, I don't know. You just reminded me of something though. This, and this is what the segment is for. Anything we forgot. Remember when Adore got pissed? Cause she said Darian copied her with the, like, um, her pussy on fire and she like put and put out the flame or something yeah that's pretty an on the nose kind of thing to do i don't really think darian was copying some innovative move a door came up with right do you no no it makes sense and when i'm on the treadmill at the gym mm-hmm. and that song comes on i think about doing that same move myself <laughs> well because look here's the deal and the door should take that in consideration with that jumpsuit on Darian's mm-hmm. pussy was probably literally on fire. <laughs> when I wear the jumpsuit on the treadmill at the gym, I know my pussy's on fire. Yeah. That's a horrifying image. That's a horrifying metal image. That does. I don't yeah. know if it happens to thin people, but I know I, I have been going to the gym a lot, but for some reason it hasn't happened. But where like when I go to, on the treadmill success, you know, in consecutive sessions, mm-hmm. uh, I do get some sort of like underwear taint abrasive action going uh it hasn't hasn't happened uh lately i don't know why but i I do because you're getting thinner oh maybe there's not as much chub rub to rub maybe your chub well that concludes this week's episode of rupaul's drag race recap join us next week and every week as we dissect discuss and deconstruct each episode during this very special season of rupaul's drag race recap so for taylor the latte boy and myself sachet awake sachet awake <laughs> good lord <laughs> Sashay away until next week. Want to share your thoughts about Drag Race? Email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. Help the show out. Leave us a review on iTunes. It really works. For up-to-the-minute news about the show, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dragracerecap and follow us on Twitter at dragracerecap. To find all of our old episodes, visit our website at DragRaceRecap.com. Taylor has his own podcast. It's called Pod Is My Copilot, and you can find it at PodIsMyCopilot.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow Taylor on Instagram at PIMCTaylor and on Twitter at PIMCTaylor. You can also find me on my other podcast, Catching Up with Mike and Joe, available at CUPodcast.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Follow me on Instagram at JoeBatance or on Twitter at JoeBatance. If for some reason you would like to know what I'm eating, you can also follow my food Instagram at HungryChola. The setting for this scene is a cheap southern hotel. You, Anne, are what polite society calls a lady of ill repute. You are very beautiful, however, and have attracted the attention of Logan, son of the governor of the state. Logan, played by Vincent Price, opens the scene as he pounds on the door of your room. Anne. 
Annie. Annie, you can open up this door. Logan, please, go away. You don't want me, and I don't want Come you. Come on, open up this door. No. Well, in that case... My father's an important man in this community. If you don't respect my word, the least you could do is respect my father's. What he says goes around here, and the sooner you learn that, the better. Look what you've done! I'll have it fixed. And who'll pay for it? Your father, as usual? Yeah, we'll take it out of the state budget. What's the use of being the governor's son if you can't enjoy some of the privileges? Aren't you a little old to be dragging on your father's coattails? Why don't you do something on your own for a change? I am. I'm learning to be the next governor of the state. When my daddy steps down, I'll step up. It's all been laid out very carefully. Oh, yeah? Suppose they find out how you'd been running after me. Do you suppose they'll still want you in their governor's mansion? Do you think the Lollard name is big enough to cover up your sleeping with a... Don't say that. I never liked... What would your voters think then? They'd be proud of me for having such exquisite taste in women. But, Ann, honey, you forget I haven't had the pleasure... Yeah. Keep your hands off me. Oh, now, honey. I said keep your hands off. Well, little hellcat, aren't you? <laughs> Let's see how sharp those claws really are. I'll show you how sharp they are. Stay away. Very well, Annie. Why do we stand here fooling each other? You know as well as I do what I'm here for. Do I? Yeah, you do. You've been hiding him here for over a week now. Where is he? Where's that lead to? The bathroom. If you think he's in there, why don't you look? Satisfy yourself. Hmm. Well? Stalin, weren't you? I hope so. Giving him time to get away. Think you're smart, don't you? Well, Annie, darling, may it please you to know that I also think you're smart. Thank you. Too smart. This time you've outsmarted yourself. The vigilantes all around this hotel. We'll get him, and when we do, we'll string him up. <laughs> well, goodbye, little lady. Wait! Yeah? You once said you wanted me. Yeah, I vaguely recollect once I did say something like that. Do you still? And if I do? A trade. <laughs> Never in this world. A trade. Him for me. My life for his life. <laughs> Your life? <laughs> It's the same thing. <laughs> Annie, you flatter me no end. When? Tonight. Not enough. What are your terms? Tonight and every night. Whenever I want you. In other words, forever. Forever? Forever. Is it a deal? It's a deal. Now you're talking. Hey, you know, he's a lucky man, that friend of yours. Mm-hmm. 